and it is officially time for the NCAA tournament. There's no more Cinderella stories in the conference tournaments. There's no more bids to be stolen. The field is set, and we have our champion in the UMAC this year, the Bethany Lutheran Vikings are your 2023 UMAC baseball champions. This is the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast. YMRL, Ryan Mitchell, what a tournament was. What a season it has been. Ryan, it has come and gone. It was a weird stretch in Mankato. I mean, I'd say a couple days, but it was actually a little bit more than that for you. Now that it's all said and done, though, and it's over, did it go by quickly? Was it a good experience for you? And how are we doing tonight? Doing better than I should, Wyatt, uh, as we like mm. to say from time mm. to time. And, uh, no, I truly do mean that. Hope you're doing well also. And uh, back to all your shenanigans in Crookston that we'll maybe bring up at some point. Where you're watching sports that just quite are, you know, aren't quite, I should say, at the level of NSIC baseball. I mean, it's close, but not there. I mean, are, do, you, do you want me to allude to the fact that I just watched two softball games today and uh, they got outscored 36-2? to Because, I mean, that's that's what I went back to. I went from watching Division Two baseball to that today. So, yeah, we're, we're back in the homeland, I guess, for now. But anyways. You know, you feel for the Pirates. Somebody's got to be on that side of the coin, Wyatt, and it just it happens well, to be the no, Pirates. no, no, no. <laughs> somebody, somebody does not need to be on that side of the coin. It should never, never come to that. But anyways, that's yeah. that's a whole nother story. Like you said, I think, I think I'm doing better than I deserve as well, though. And the Good. field is set. It was a great tournament. A couple of games we can actually talk about that had some drama in them and were fun to watch. Not that the blowouts weren't fun to watch, but there's just not a lot we can dive into in those ones. So we actually had some games we can discuss here uh, with a lot of talking points. And there's other big news in the UMAC as well that came out here uh, either today or in the last 24 hours. So there's a lot going on with UMAC baseball here recently. So yeah, a lot to really chew on here tonight, and I'd say we just hop right into it. We're going to look at the NCAA tournament as a whole as well, and Bethany's draw like we promised we would, and uh, we both think they got a decent draw as well, so there's there's a lot to be excited about if you're a UMAC baseball fan, but let's go back to the very origin of where we want to start tonight, which is that first game, the elimination game on Sunday between the Crown College Polars and the UW Superior Yellow Jackets. And what a game it was. Ryan, you had texted me once this one wrapped up and said that just made everything all worth it. It was great. <laughs> I mean, it made up for a couple of the games that were not close. And you were clearly satisfied after watching what was a phenomenal game on Sunday morning. Yeah, I think that's what I told you. I said, I'm now satisfied, and whatever happens from here happens, and I'm okay with it. Because, yeah, there were some games that were not so great. And then all the waiting, too, Wyatt. I mean, yeah, yeah. it felt a lot more than a couple days. I'll be honest. It felt like I was there for a full week just because there was so much waiting around. And then you <laughs> get this time, like, we're going to start at 1, and then it gets to be 1220. We're pushed back to 2, and then you think you're there. We're pushed back to 4, and then you get to 245. Actually, plays canceled for the day. You can leave. Yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> I I feel you, man. That happened to me as well, obviously, in Bismarck. So I know exactly how you feel. It's not fun by any means. Yeah. But No, we got it good, though, Wyatt, if that's the, the biggest problem that we have for sure, and we've talked about that in the past. But, no, I mean, with that ballgame specifically, I didn't like it purely because, okay, I'm a baseball purist, and we, we need more pitching, Wyatt, and we need good defense, and we need the ball game to be a low score and tight at the end. All those things are good, and it helps to build drama, but it was so unexpected. I mean, you're on day four of the tournament, really day three of play, so it was the fourth day since they got gotten there, but some pitchers are more rested. 
Okay, but Matt Tappy wasn't Wyatt. And we were speculating coming in it'd be a guy like Ben Welly. No, Coach Oaks and his staff says we're going to send the junior back out there. He's feeling good off of one day's rest when Friday night he had pitched five and a third innings against Morris. And so you're questioning, ah, can he can he give you four or five? And then you hand it over to maybe Ryrod comes out of the bullpen, even though we thought they were trying to save him till later probably, or Harbaugh comes back out there, or then Welly comes in for Tappy. Tappy pitched the whole entire game wide. They lost, Remarkable. but tip of the cap to that guy for what he did, throwing Frisbee after Frisbee after Frisbee after Sweeper, <laughs> Sweeper, whatever, whatever you want to call the pitch. He's throwing the same thing early Splinker. and often. Splinker. Okay, I like that one. Is that is that actually is, do UNC uh, pitchers remember, throw that? Did their coach talk about where did you hear I remember this term? that. I remember that being on the show back when I was younger. There'd be like a splinker or a slurve, and you had all these just random pitches. So I have no idea what it is, but it sounds cool. So maybe that's the next thing because I, you know, hey. I've joked about it this year actually, and hand up, like I had never heard of the term used in a professional broadcast, like for an MLB game. But I would just say sweeper. Because in my head, yeah. I'm like, all right, I got to say something combined with a softball, a softball, a slider or a curveball where I'm standing at Northwestern, well, and all I know is it's a breaking pitch Wyatt that fell off the plate. I'm not close enough to see <laughs> what kind of a pitch was actually thrown. They say Pablo Lopez throws one yeah, of those. Like, I was that's say, what they call it. I've heard about this, and there's this great article that was dropped. Here's a quick plug, and I haven't read the whole thing yet, but on the Score app, which highly recommend to people, ESPN app is mm-hmm. garbage. Get the Score app. Mm-hmm. Anyway, why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see this one that dropped? I think it dropped like Saturday, and it's like a long read, but it's how Joe Ryan has revolutionized his like pitching arsenal and how he's at another level this year for the Twins. So he went out to driveline baseball, which is out west. I want to say like near Seattle or something like that and he saw Pablo there and this was like two weeks before the twins actually traded for him but Pablo perfected his sweeper which I'm glad you brought that up he's now calling it that that he's thrown this year and he's gotten a new pitch he's literally said this offseason so Wyatt maybe Thad Levine and Derek Falvey went galaxy brain on the bit and they knew about this visit to driveline baseball they have connections and they said we're trading not just for the Pablo Lopez we've seen the last few years. We're trading for a guy who now has a sweeper, and it's going to be the best pitch in Major League Baseball. Was I mean, it a great way, trade? The, 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 the angle I get out of that was that Joe Ryan went back and said, let's go trade for this guy. And, and yeah, next there thing you go. You know, he's the one that got him here. So as far as if it's a good trade or not, we're not going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, and, and Arise is tearing it up, but is pitching more important if you get a guy one every five days than just a leadoff hitter? Uh, we're, we're, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But, yeah, I would highly recommend people find that on the score about Joe Ryan. We'll, i got to finish reading we'll, that later. We'll have, an, we'll have another Matt Tappy drop later on tonight, by the way. So stay tuned mm. for that as far as what that's going to be. But, okay. Uh, All I was saying he, is tip of the cap to the guy. I know he, they lost the ball game. Yeah. But he was unbelievable on short rest. But why it was the other side of the coin, the dude who stole the show. Ryan Vondrasek. I what what a performance. It was easily the deepest he's gone all season long. Why he didn't go past five innings since three starts ago at the end of April against North Central. And the guy just keeps throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing in the biggest game of his career. I mean, he was dynamite. Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, JVD coming out of the pen was dynamite as well when he needed to be. So 
I don't know, Crown somehow just pulled that out of nowhere and was able to hold Superior to two runs and win the game, so hats off to them. I uh, did not see that coming by any means. And then you got on the offensive side of things, you get your, I mean, again, Howie Haddon's probably going to win Conference Player of the Year. You could very well argue, though, their best and most like important player to that team was Seth Betts, though, from a lot of standpoints. And, you know, he's the guy that comes across. He scored twice in that game, correct? I, I believe he had two of their three runs. Correct. So finding ways to get it done and lead so yeah i mean crown hats off to them for grinding and finding a way to win i never expected them to be able to win a game that late in the tournament like they did three to two and superior obviously did not lose that game because of matt tappy so heck of a performance on his part hats off to him i think the one thing i'll say before i ask you a question about jvd is that and Jacob Van Dam, obviously, for those who don't know who we're talking about, but he's well known by that. So I just I get comfortable calling yep. him that at this point. I would say, remember what I said about Brody Curtis for Bethany? I said when he's on, he's lights out. He can be dynamite. We hadn't really seen that this year. We hadn't really seen that from JVD either, for the most part. There were some bad outings. I mean, he looked good at times, but he hadn't really been as good as he was capable of being. Uh, we saw in that game against Superior when he is on just how good he can be and I I don't know I know Superior made it close at the end and it looked like they were just inches away from even tying it but it seemed like he was really in control from the time they put him in even till the last out so I I think it's hats off to him he had a really good performance and now the question I want to ask you the ball that Fredrickson hit that goes up the middle it hits off of JVD and caroms over to Betts and they get him out at first is that ball getting through relive it Go back in time, hit the rewind button if you can, get that visual. Can you remember thinking to yourself that would have got through or not? Because on camera, it was hard to tell for sure by the time we saw where you know the ball was and, and Betts was. I, I, I think, I don't know, with how hard it was hit, unless they had the shift on, that ball's probably getting through. Yeah, I would agree. So when you texted me yesterday asking about that, I said, man, I really want to go back and watch it. And unfortunately, on the back end where I'm available to see some of the broadcast, that one wasn't listed. I don't know why exactly. So I wasn't able to watch back the end of that game. I think at best, just going back and trying to remember, Betts ranges over and gets a glove to it and maybe knocks it down. But when you're off at the crack of the bat, does that guy from second yeah. get waved home? And do they potentially win the game, even if he knocks well, the ball up down, knocks the ball down? Excuse me, up the middle. Maybe it at least ties the game wide. I believe because Fredrickson runs well. It's going to be a really hard throw for Betts if that doesn't deflect off of Van Dam on its way up. That was nuts. You you say game of inch. You mentioned inches moments ago. That was the epitome of it right there. So often in baseball, when you say game of inches, Wyatt, it's, you know, a ball down the line. Did it hit the line? Did it not? You know, according to Phil Cuzzy, he said, no, Joe Maurer didn't hit the line. I'm staring right at it, but it it landed a foot inside the line. And I, you know, blinked and I missed it. I won't go back to that game at Yankee Stadium in October. You can tell I'm, you know, already over that play. But anyway, in this situation, it wasn't a strike call. It wasn't any of that. It was a ball hit up the middle. Do you think... That scores at least one. I don't think he's getting Fredrickson well, is what I'm saying. That's Well, yeah, no, that's that's what I was going to bring up. I'm glad you did. There's no force out anywhere except first base. With how he runs, it's hard to you know rationalize Crown getting an out in that situation. So you're thinking the game's tied for sure. If it gets all the way through, I'm sure they're waving around the second runner. Which I and think if it, it was Steiner, if I'm not mistaken, and he can, he can cruise. So I think they may well, have been sending him. I don't want to say you're wrong, but I can wasn't find he it the one? While you're wasn't he the one that singled to start the inning though? To right? 
Yeah, I feel Vance like he was the guy that got on base. You're totally right. Yeah. He was on and third, and Johnny Rhodes was on second. You're right. And Because he walked, right? And then Yep. Yeah, so... Well, regardless, if the ball gets through, they're probably sending him in that situation. And if it gets knocked down, like you said, depending on where it goes, you could maybe try to. But regardless, it's a tie game. So it's kind of a lucky break for Crown and an unfortunate break for Superior. Now, they'll look back on that game, and you'd be foolish if you're the Jackets to look at that one play. I mean, they had other opportunities to score some runs offensively, and there was other things they could have done. So I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be one that sticks with them. It's a tough way to end what was a historic season for them. I think I heard you say on the broadcast it's the first time they finished above 500 or something like that. Since 1975, and it was their first 20-win season in program history. Yep. Just insane what they were able to accomplish this year. I know they had higher aspirations, but I would say Coach Oaks is absolutely building something over there and they're going to be fun to watch moving forward. So, uh, yeah, what, what a game. There was actually some drama at the end for once. We, we got a great game, two good teams, and uh, we were both wrong again. Crown proved us wrong again, Ryan. We, we picked Superior both times those two teams met here in the postseason, and Crown proved us wrong both times. And what, the Pullers beat them two out of three in the regular season as well. So maybe Crown yeah. just has Superior's number. I mean, that starts to become a question. It's like the Alabama-Georgia thing where it's like, <laughs> well, Alabama keeps beating Georgia. They can't get over the hump. Maybe that's what Crown is to Superior at this point because not only this year, but go back to last year and what yeah. happened. Some questions, though, moving forward with the future of Crown. And, you know, you can look at some of their guys who are more experienced and guys like Betts who, you know, he can't have another year. I don't think he can. He's listed as a graduate, a guy like Becker is as well. And then they got a bunch of seniors in that lineup, too, and I don't know where their eligibility is at. But, you know, I'd be remiss, Wyatt, if I didn't mention, I feel like we were all robbed by only seeing Ryan Rodriguez pitch six innings in the weekend. And I know why they were saving him and waiting for him, but that's tough for him to go out that way. I mean, the guy who's probably going to be UMAC Pitcher of the Year, but I get it. That's the way it rolls, and guess what? You know, the Robin to him being Batman, if you want to label him that, Matt Tappy was a pretty good Robin. I mean, you, you cannot fault at all, as we said before, what he did in this ball game, and I understand why they were saving Rodriguez for later on yesterday. Yeah, I mean, they were the best one-two all year. And again, that's why it's interesting, though, because Bethany was the best one-two-three they, they had the best three rotation, and I would still say Superior had the best one, too. Um, and then the rest of the teams were just kind of like there, I guess, yep. as a pitching staff. I mean, I'm yep. not trying to be disrespectful, no, it was but that's kind of the reality. It was a big, a big drop-off for the whole season. Yeah. The only asterisk you can have is Crown had a, a number two or three option, however you want to put it, because he pitched their third game at Vondrasek, who well, pitched the game so, of his life, honestly. Yeah, well, so here's the other question, because we can kind of transition into the championship game. As long as we're talking about pitching, Tyler Van Sice pitched in yeah. that game. What, what's going on with that, you think? Like, I, well, I know he, we weren't sure about his health all season, and, and then he gets a chance, though. So he didn't. He hadn't pitched since the second week of April until he yeah. threw last week Sunday against Bethel in relief. So he clearly couldn't have been healthy, and they brought him in later on in the Bethany game in the championship contest. And so it had to just be his arm was not at a point where they could get more than an inning. And I guess maybe, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty is what you're alluding to, Wyatt, where you could have thrown him to start a game and see how far he could go. But they brought AVS in before even the ultimate game. They brought him in the penultimate situation where it's the sixth game and you got to win the seventh game if you can get it there. And then how about that? I mean, he wasn't pulled after one because, oh, three to nothing, showing bad signs we got to get him out of there I mean that's you know already 
a tough deficit to come back from? No. It, it had to be something going on with his arm was sore or something. I hope it's nothing too serious with him and Aiden Volkspeck's all right. That's what I mean by AVS. But that was bizarre too, Wyatt, that he started that final game but then was only able to go a single inning. Yeah, no, the whole the whole thing, uh, it's unique to say the least, and uh, I, I don't know if we'll ever get answers to, to that, and so, you know, it is what it is, but I just thought that was interesting. About the game itself, I mean, hats off to Bethany again, got a really good performance out of their guy, and how nice must it be for Coach Craig and that coaching staff to go to a guy like Merton yeah. in, in the third game of the weekend. I mean, that's just, a, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's just riches all around, you know what I mean? Like, just wealth just spreading the wealth around like just remarkable what they were able to do in in that spot and have that confidence because i mean outside of one pitch basically he shut him down for the majority of the game i mean the the only time was when hatton hit the three-run home run to right out in the porch and you know that made it interesting i thought maybe we're gonna have a little something there which we did that was fun i like that that added drama because i was yeah no i'm like he hasn't hit a home run all weekend why not now and give him credit he stepped up it was interesting because he kind of like was i don't know if he was saying something as he got into the box for that at bat but he was kind of looking at merton and then he hit the home run and i don't know if you noticed but he rounds first kind of looked back at him a little bit on his way to second really had his little celebration at third where he stopped and, you know, did his, like, yep. Fernando Tatis thing. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that that is what it is. Still, I still think the best one I've seen is when we were in the regional playing Johns Hopkins and uh, what's-his-name did the Euro step at second base. I, I got I to gotta admit, that was that was pretty swaggy. But uh, uh, Was it was it the the kid who got hurt, like, after the first game? No, no, he was a swag. He was yeah. a stud too, though. Yeah. They they were I can't they, they talk about a team that was good. But and speaking yeah. of Johns Hopkins, it looks like they're like the num- not the number one overall seed, but they're, they're one, one of the, the favorites teams. to go. One of the favorites to win the thing this year. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But but anyways, yeah. I mean, he had a little bit of swag, which I'm okay with. You know, pulled him within two. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, that was really the only point in that game where it felt close or like something was going to happen. Do you agree? And then once yep. Bethany extended it again just kind of felt like it was going to be the Vikings game. Totally, and it's just what we saw the whole day from the Crown offense, which is just bizarre when you look back at what they did on the championship day, championship Saturday a year ago, and what they did in two ball games out of the loser side to beat Superior. Obviously, totally different circumstances this year with the weather and pushing everything back, but we thought it was going to be their offense to carry him, Wyatt, and give them credit for winning a game when their offense wasn't really clicking at all throughout the day. And that has a lot to do with, obviously, Matt Tappy and Connor Merton. I'm not saying those guys are easy to face off against, but, yeah, I mean, for Merton to do what he did, I know he got that run support late where it's, you know, a four-run cushion when you're going late into the ball game after. I mean, that Ben Hopper home run was huge just to let them breathe a little bit heading down the stretch. And how about it, Wyatt? I, I think, personally, it was a little refreshing. Maybe you'll disagree with this comment, but... To have a championship game like that. And when you're there, I just like to call home runs. I mean, that's fun, right? And that's something yeah. you look back on and whatnot. But to have all the runs in the final game of the season in the UMAC be scored via the lawn ball, I found that refreshing. Or is that garbage? Because, you know, one of our friends who's a teacher and goes by Mr. Bauman, he would say that's the most ridiculous comment I've ever heard. He actually thinks when you're coming up with a rally in a baseball game, it's better for the first guy <laughs> okay. to hit a double than okay. a home run. It's, so. it's <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this just got brought up again because Bradley Spencer, who played for Northwestern for a while, some people might remember the name, 
I can't remember when this was, but he, I, he was like texting me, telling me how furious he was <laughs> at Bauman because they were having this exact argument. And because his whole thing is the best possible outcome for any at bat yep. is to hit a home run. Didn't they come on your and, radio and, show and argue about this? Yeah, I think they did. Who knows? We also had a, what's the guy's name? Uh, Harrison uh, Bader. And oh, uh, oh, oh, and Byron Buxton, player. as far yeah. as which one's the better off. We, we had a lot of debates back in the good old college days of college radio. But anyways, yeah, and, and Bauman actually thinks that not hitting a home run is sometimes better. I've never heard that take from anybody else. It's funny because I was just looking on Twitter not that long ago, and I saw the Preposterous Statements account or whatever, <laughs> and that deserves to be nominated for the Preposterous Statement tournament that the yeah. Common Man does on KFAN. Because... How can you say a home run is not the best possible outcome in any given at-bat? Well, he just, his whole point for for people who haven't heard his argument before is it just kind of kills the momentum where it's a good thing, but then the next guy gets up and there's no one on. So How does does a home run kill the momentum? It makes no sense. His whole logic is just there's a good time for a home run in a rally, and it's not the leadoff guy for a solo shot. Like, you need to get a couple walks first. It's like, okay, Matthew, in an ideal world. But what if the number three hitter is the guy who comes up first? Like, what what are we doing? Like. Like, I understand his logic, and I can agree to some of that to a certain extent, but to to take it the next step and say that a home run is not the best possible outcome still at the end of the day is just that's that's where I get lost. But anyways, um, back, were, to, my, back were, to my question. Is, yeah. Is that refreshing to you? Because I was sitting there, and, you know, I'm this is just me, and I'm maybe, you know, delusional like this, but I sit there watching all this baseball all week, and I'm like, man – you know, coming into that game, Wyatt, there was three home runs all weekend. And I kind of like to see the ball leave the ballpark, too, especially so Matt and I on site, you know, Matt, who we had on uh, last week, I guess it was, we released it when we were hyping up the whole event. And we were sitting there, and I was like, that porch out in right field, doesn't that look so cool? Yeah. And, like, some people are out there sometimes watching. I was like, can you imagine if a home run goes out there, like maybe someone oh. catches it or what happens? And then we got two balls in that ball game late to clean off the seats. I don't know if you were watching, Wyatt. The people I was. were there. I <laughs> they ducked and covered. They couldn't get further you were, away from that baseball. <laughs> you were letting them have it. I'm not saying you were calling them out on, on the broadcast, but you were you were discussing how, oh, they're trying to get out of the way. They don't even really want to catch it. So don't worry. I, I was absolutely watching and listening and uh Disappointing to say the least. Yeah. I mean, sure, it hurts your hand for a little bit, but come but on, what a moment! The, the glory, you'd, you'd be on yeah, camera. exactly. You play that forever. Like, come on, take a exactly. shot. Exactly, it. it's a championship well, as far, game. As as far as we know, it's never going to be off the Bethany <laughs> website. I mean, they they might take it off eventually, but well, I'm yeah, I won't go there. But I think I'm going to actually be able to have some of it. Just on <laughs> some people have helped me out. I think I should have Good. at least one of the broadcasts. So yeah, that's what we like to hear. As far as the game goes itself, so the question, since I didn't really answer it, there is. Or you're asking me, was it a refreshing game from the standpoint of just how it played out? Or or what's the exact question again? Specifically, all 10 runs in a championship game being scored via the lawn ball. Because to me then, people can say, oh, home runs are boring, whatever. Everything that leads up to those moments, like Crown putting a couple guys on and you're saying, this is the perfect guy to come up in this big spot. You're down five. But with one swing, when you only have a few hits all game, this could be a two-run game. Or you go back to the start of the game and, you know, every pitching staff trying to figure out how to approach Liam Peterson because you don't want him to get on the bases. And then he gets a hainer and just absolutely claims the thing. And that sets the tone for the rest of the ball game, beating up AVS early. 
That's why I like home runs, Wyatt. They carry so much weight. And the fact that each home run that was hit was not just a solo shot, just like a random thing that you add into the game. All of them scored at least two runs, if not three runs. So I thought it was a nice script for a championship, even though some people would say, like, oh, I would have rather had a single to left to score a run or a double to the gap or whatever. No, we got four home runs, and that supplied all the runs in the final game of the season. And I thought that was refreshing in a way. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. It's, uh, I, I, I mean, there's two schools of thought, like you said. I, I think the home run ball, especially in big games, there's a certain electricity that you get from it, and, and it gets people going and fired up. So I'm definitely on board with, with your statement as far as just, yeah, being refreshed by that and just, just the way it played out with those two teams especially. And Crown's offense, you knew there was going to be some that were probably going to happen and break through, and sure enough, they did. So great game. Uh, hats off to Bethany. I think they kind of proved that they were the best team all year. We kind of undersold them, I think, for portions of this season and didn't really talk about them enough, and they just kind of did their thing went about their business, just stayed out of the spotlight in a lot of ways, and then they got to the tournament and they just took care of business. And, you know, it wasn't always the prettiest or the flashiest, but they found ways to get it done. And they'll be a scary team in the regional for, for that very reason. I don't think they are necessarily a, a huge matchup nightmare to anybody per se, or people are going to lose sleep over them, but they'll be a tough out. They will absolutely be a tough out. And if people do take that approach of looking past them, I think they could find themselves in trouble. They won't lose sleep, Wyatt, but they're also not going to get more than six and a half hours of sleep. I mean, you're not well, sleeping a clean eight or nine no, hours this. before the ball game. <laughs> I know this. I if coach if Coach Craig is anything like Coach Jones, <laughs> they're probably watching film together, and Coach yeah. Jones is working which, overtime to make sure he's staying up. You which know? no longer, unfortunately, Wyatt. Goodbye to Coach Jones. He stepped That's down. That's true. Which that we, is true. We talked about this off the mic while during basketball yeah, season. We're going to talk and, about that, but <laughs> and we'll we'll get back to that. It's a good point. And since it got brought up naturally, you know, yeah. that's that's fine. Oh, but, absolutely. But uh, here, here's what Coach Craig and his staff did, Wyatt, though, all season long. Before we move on to the NCAA's, they understand what we talk about so much: the art of fill in the blank for me. You're working up the mountain, Ryan. The Ryan. art of Peaking. They know the art of peaking. Oh, there we go. We're not going to play our best. Put everything together with our three starters. (laughs) Steal 19 bases through two games. And then, by the way, Wyatt, yesterday the run game wasn't working. But it didn't matter because you had three lawn balls. The story the first two days was wreaking havoc on the base pass. They scored 15 runs against Crown on only 10 hits. Why? Because they stole 12 bases. They didn't need to do that to beat them the second time. They dominate the defending champions twice, and they can win ball games in different ways, and that's huge. For how much we talked about peaking during basketball season, I don't think we ever brought it up during the baseball it's, season. It's always so, on my mind. These coaches uh, well, no, I know. Find I, out the art of peaking. You, you don't want to be so, pushing too hard in Florida in well, March, Wyatt. I mean, it's it's basically just a you know have fun spring break trip. It doesn't even matter. If hey, you it's it is funny you say that because Northwestern actually had a pretty good trip in Florida this year, and then you know things look what kinda, it did for them. And, exactly. and traditionally, yep. <laughs> traditionally it doesn't go that well down there. But anyways, so are you saying that some teams like Superior did peak too early? Are you are, are you to dare say that because obviously mm. they had their stretch where they were playing really well? Well, here's the fact of the matter. Unfortunately, why only one team can hoist the hardware at the end of the weekend. So you know, I mean, it, it's true. only going to be one team. But Bethany knew all season, and this is an advantage that they were going to host the tournament. So Coach Craig is telling his team all year long, 
Let's not get too high. Let's not win five, six, eight, ten games in a row. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's unneeded. That? I mean, if it happens, fine. But we don't really want that, guys. Just so you know, like this is the date that we're pushing for. And until, and until we flip that calendar to May, we're not turning the dial. The dial was only at a five or six all year long max, and they want to be near a ten wow. as best as they can by the second weekend of May. Because they wow. they knew they were going to get in, Wyatt. That's the reality. Okay. They knew even, guys, even if we're the three or four seed, we're still playing from our home ballpark. All we need to do is get a top four seed, and we're in the comfy spot, and we know our way around here, and we can make everything line up accordingly and get some help behind the scenes. No, that's not what happened. But, you know, they had a luxury, wide of knowing that. And I don't want to act like they couldn't have won this tournament. If it was played out at Reynolds Field again, would they have won it? Yeah, probably. I mean, they're easily the most well-rounded well, so, team. And Yeah, I mean, I think that's the question that people are going to have for you with what you're saying right now and what you're stating. <laughs> are, are you saying that it's an advantage to Bethany and they had an advantage that other teams didn't all season? All season knowing that they were going to get to this point, you're saying? I mean, that's kind of what... No, I mean, well, like, their getting to play, they could put getting to play on their field, and yeah, that's that's what I mean. I mean, you're kind of making it sound like I mean, like you, they... you could speak to that, Wyatt. Did Northwestern have an advantage a few years ago when you were there and playing at Reynolds Field? I would say so, well, yes, the difference, any team who's well, there. <laughs> the difference there, though, is that we had to earn it sure. by winning the regular season. And Bethany won the regular season this year, yeah. so, don't, so don't get me wrong, but they, like you said, they knew ahead of time that they were going to be playing there. And just the way you're stating it kind of makes me think... You're alluding to them having an advantage over the other teams in the field. Here's the other side of the coin that I should mention, because I mentioned this on the broadcast as well. You have a certain kind of pressure when you're playing at home on your own field and you won the regular season. So they had to feel that as well. And they especially felt that pressure and adversity when you're up 7 to nothing, your hair's on fire, Gavin Jacobson is dicing up Cougars left and right, they can't put a ball in play, and you're up 7 to nothing, and then all of a sudden the thing falls apart on you. You're down 9-7 to seven going to the bottom of the 8th. There was the adversity, Wyatt. There was the pressure. Like, are we actually going to blow this? And ever since that moment where they put up 3 in the bottom of the 8th, it was smooth sailing from there on out. Yeah. So they faced right. adversity early, they met it, and then they rode it all the way through. So Does that yeah. remind you? Remind you of anything? Yeah. You guys tried to blow the game against Superior, and then uh, Aaron Severson <laughs> just barely saved the bacon, and it was like, Try. oof. Tried to blow. I like how I like how you say it. it was more of just you know okay we're fine we're fine and then all of a sudden Fredrickson of all people steps up and it's a three run home run off the That's scoreboard right. and it's and like he's still there has, has he has he hit a home run at any other point in his career <laughs> than than that at bat so I I mean it is Wyatt's what it is on a second and, just panicking you took your hat off no I wasn't I wasn't at all but I did look into the dugout and say okay it's probably time to make a move because Luddy had pitched like a hundred some pitches and we really wanted him to get the complete game not have to you know go to the bullpen because again we talked about that ryan how big it is to get guys to go complete games not have to go to your bullpen so he was cruising along pitched phenomenal through eight innings then the ninth inning you could tell he just completely ran out of gas in in the ninth inning and uh yeah once that one went out i was thinking to myself okay it's time to make the move it's it's been fun messing around whatever and so yeah but no very similar to to the approach we took because then yeah i mean they cruised the rest of the way. We we kind of cruised the rest of the way that year, and the rest is history. So now can they go on a tournament run? Are they yes. capable of doing that? Me and you both think they have a pretty good draw. And, well, as long as we're on the topic, maybe not as good of a draw as some people. Apparently, there's regions of two teams, Ryan. <laughs> How is this possible? There, there's, there's two regions. i got to pull it up again, where 
for some odd reason, the selection committee says, oh, we can't have it be this simple. or We're just going to mess it up or make it look goofy just for the sake of it. We're going to have two teams or two pairings of teams play each other in a best of five series, and that's going to be the regional. I've never heard of anything so foolish before in my life. <laughs> why why wouldn't you we really just think. why wouldn't we just put those teams together and they could be another pot of four? Like it doesn't make any sense. Why it is what it always is with NCAA Division 3. Travel. They they had okay, to save okay. on some travel expenses. You know what? <laughs> Uh, okay, so Penn State, Harrisburg, obviously we know where they're from. Salisbury, I'm pretty sure. That's out east too, right? Is out east. John Carroll, I'm pretty sure, is out east. Aurora Illinois. is the only team, they and they're in Illinois. A, they couldn't send them out east, Wyatt. It, it was an issue with the budget for the Aurora Spartans. That was. I'll issue. start the GoFundMe <laughs> if that's what it takes to get rid of this ridiculous format. You can't So you're saying those teams, teams are lucky. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. It depends because, you know, I don't know what, you know, they are as far as their, their strengths and their weaknesses and, and, you know, how good they truly are. I know this. Aurora is typically really good. Salisbury won back-to-back D3 titles. Penn State Harrisburg scores like 30 runs every other week, and you <laughs> see the tweet on, you know, Twitter or whatever. And then, you know, John Carroll's always like a good school. Got beat like by Superior in so, basketball. That's the only thing I think about. That's right. They were that's, eating the that's country and the Jackets beat them. them. Yep. That's why I remember them. But anyways, yeah, that's that's a whole nother can of worms. Why, why does everybody else have to play a double elimination thing of four? And in this, you get a series best three out of five. It's just ridiculous. It, it makes no sense. But anyways, yeah, I mean, let's let's look at the bracket that Bethany's in. And me and you both kind of agree. All things considered, of all the possible locations they could have gone, seems somewhat favorable when, when you look at it. It could be a lot worse to, to have to, you know, go across to lacrosse and, and take them on. And you got Bethel in the region. Buena Vista is always solid. But to have Bethel in your region as a Mayak team that you're familiar with, lacrosse is the one. And I'm not trying to take a shot at lacrosse, but all things considered, when I look at the other ones, they're one of the weaker number one seeds, I would argue, in the whole thing. Bethany got a pretty favorable draw, I think, all things considered. Tell the folks, Wyatt, who beat UW Lacrosse this season, for those who don't know. You you remember that reference I made like way back at the beginning before we started spewing all this random crap at you the last 20 minutes? I do remember. Matt, I want you to share it. Yeah, Matt Tappy. I said I was going to bring him up again. Guess what? Superior played these guys. What, what's lacrosse's mascot, by the way? Are they the Eagles or something? They're it looks the, like it's some kind of a bird. It's the Eagles. It is, because I remember they, it's not they, the... played, they played Northwestern <laughs> once in volleyball, and I'm like, I can't say the Eagles. That's unfortunate. It's, it's the Eagles It's not the, Eagles. what was it, the Sea Hitchens or the Sea? Sage Hens. <laughs> the Sage Pomona Pitzer. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget about the Sage Hens. But, Great uh, mascot, the Donald Ducks. Yes. That is something. Yeah, Tappy. Beats them, pitches seven and a third innings back, and it was their first game of the year, lacrosse's first game. They started below 500 because of another UMAC team. So Superior, yeah, absolutely. Superior wins that game. Tappy struck out nine, went seven and a third. So there you go, Bethany. I mean, so does Coach Craig have to call Coach Oaks within the next few days and tell him? I'm sure they've already, as we speak, as we speak, they have probably. 
discussed and you know they, they want to help each other we're out all polling for him exactly like and i Absolutely. said this at the end of the broadcast like i don't care if you're a polar fan and you just lost the game or you're northland and you're not even a part of the tournament everyone wins when the umac wins in the ncaa tournament this is not this I mean, garbage that we have in other conferences. We kind of talked about this with Matt White Wyatt. I mean, out in the SIAC, they maybe don't root for each other. Or oh, out in the, the CCIW, they don't do this. But in the UMAC, we root for each other when they get to the NCAA tournament. All right? Put aside all your differences and carry the banner. All right? We're all going to be holding up the UMAC banner it, on Friday. I mean, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I would hope that would be the case. I'll just leave it yeah. at that. I, w- I would hope everybody has that, that viewpoint. and. And mindset. But, yeah, no, I mean, so with that being the case, that's what we know about lacrosse to a certain extent. They also played Scholastica. They shut them out 7-0, to zero, so good riddance. Well, Go to what, the Mayak. Well, we're we're yeah. happy what, that you left. What's that saying, though? You know, that program. Is that's just... what I mean. Like, I mean, I would hope you could beat Scholastica <laughs> at this point if you're lacrosse. So they get that taken care of. Bethel played them, which, oddly enough, they're in their region, so that could be a potential rematch at some point between those two schools. Bethel uh, fell to lacrosse 1-0, to zero. And then St. Mary's, they beat nine to four. So there's quite a few matchups. And St. Olaf and Augustus. Oh wow, and Gus Davis, not Augustus, Gus Davis. So there's quite a bit of opponents here on the schedule that we can reference when looking at lacrosse. And yeah, I mean, kind of surprising that they're a one. Now, granted, they took it to Whitewater twice in the conference tournament, who ended up getting left out of the field which was a surprise, I know, to some. wild. Yeah, and I think probably the way they lost those two games has something to do with it. But lacrosse, 31-9, and they win the WIAC. Anytime you win the WIAC, you're going to be a solid team. I get that. But to be a one seed, and this is who you get if you're Bethany, I mean, all things considered, I think you got to like it to a certain extent, especially knowing that UMAC team beat it was the first game of the year. Uh, Still beat this team, and, you know, you have that in your back pocket going into this. You know what, Why it is being overlooked as well? It's so close. It's two and a half hours. You hook up with yeah. 14, and then you hook up with I-90, and bam, you're there. I mean, it's, it's just a nice nap for the players on the bus, and then bam, you're there. You just zonk out, and then all of a sudden you wake up, and you're rolling into campus. I mean, you don't have to get sore on the bus and have all these yeah. shenanigans stopping three times for food. I mean, Crown had to go all the way down to Missouri last year, and now Bethany is able to go to lacrosse. That's that's a benefit too, isn't it? I mean, they could sleep in their own beds if so. they wanted to and just bust it back. No, they're not going to do that. But it's hey. within striking distance. It is absolutely that is that's a absolutely favorable thing. I think that they have working for them and. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm really interested to see how this matchup will play out. Uh, I guess the question I have for you. Who do they since, Well, yeah, because, again, they have the best one, two, three, but we have no idea what order it is at this point. Everybody has their own strengths, and based off of looking at lacrosse, can you really determine enough information to say, hey, this is the guy we want on the mound against him? So what I, do you do in that spot if you're Coach Craig? I think it's got to for sure be... Number seven. I think it's got to be Gavin Jacobson because in spots like this, why you know this. I mean, you look back on the team that you played on and you were on the field, so you can speak to this more than me. But when you're facing better offenses and they're going to put balls in play more often that are going to be hard hit and you're going to have to work for your outs more, it's nice to just limit the number of balls put in play. We saw it this weekend for the role that he was on before he ran out of gas against Morris, but we've seen it throughout the season as well. Jacobson easily has the best strikeout stuff on that roster. And now I'm not saying Merton and Curtis are not capable, 
but you want to limit the balls put in play as much as possible, and you want to have a guy that when he gets going, even if he's striking out seven or eight guys over five innings of work versus three or four, let's say hypothetically, that Curtis or Merton does, each one of those matters a lot. So I think especially in these spots where you're the quote-unquote underdog, you want the guy that has the best strikeout stuff, in my opinion. So I think it's going to be Jacobson, and I think it, it should be Jacobson. But Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with you there. Um, I, I would say it's going to be him or Merton. I guess you could look at that from the standpoint of how many lefties lacrosse yeah. have in their order if you want to go Merton, I guess. Hopefully they have a lot of lefties. That'd be good. Yeah, I know this. They got eight guys hitting over 300. Um Seven of which, though, that you can actually apply. I mean, the other two have only played half their games. But pretty good hitting team. They hit 328 as a team. A lot of power. I mean, my goodness. They've they've hit at 51 bombs this year. And Anthony Vivian, I guess, is getting a home run every third hit. So uh, keep an eye on that Wait, guy, what? I guess. And, every third hit? Well, just about. I mean, wow. if you hit 16 home runs and he has 52 hits on the season. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean the so, guy. So what's his average in on base then? Three sixty six average is on base is four forty four. Oh, oh my goodness! He, I think he'd have more at bats than I don't know. We don't need to go too much deeper into that, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But but he strikes out a ton. Thirty five hey, strikeouts. So he's an all or nothing kind of guy. We need more Joey Gallows. I've appreciated Joey Gallows. Not, I could no, care. I could no, care less no, if he's striking out wide. He almost hits the ball to the the moon. Have you seen the last two well, home runs he's hit? He broke Statcast. Did you see the one he almost wanna, hit to the top of the right field seat? I I, I heard about that. You want a Joey Gallo stat for you tonight? Apparently, yeah, in his nine-year career, he's grounded out to third base a total of, like, eight <laughs> times. He grounded out to third base twice tonight in his first two plate oh, appearances. Don't, don't spoil the Twins-Dodgers for me. I was going to watch I'm not the telling you what the score replay. is. I'm just telling you. You know he's going to ground out to third his first two at-bats. I'm not going to tell you right. anything else. But right. At least he's I'm healthy. More, I thought he was out, maybe. He pulled his hand yeah. yesterday. I'm, I'm glad to hear he's healthy. Yeah, I heard that on the radio, too, and I'm thinking, okay, we're up, like, 12 runs right now or whatever it was, and you pull your hammy because you're trying to get an infield single. <laughs> Come on, Joey. There's more things important than the batting average that everybody's been ripping you about. So on the flip side here of this matchup between Bethany and lacrosse, I look at lacrosse's pitching staff. Tyler Schmidt is a 2.83 ERA, has made eight starts and 10 appearances, 6-2, 54 innings. He has the second most innings pitched on the team. That's not who I think they throw. I think they throw Isaiah Katz more than likely because... He's a sophomore versus Schmidt being a, a freshman. You don't want to put a freshman in, in this position in, in your first game, personally. That's that's my thought on that. So I would guess they go with Katz, and it looks like he's got pretty good stuff. I mean, 52 strikeouts to just 15 walks. Like I said, the ERA just above three. Uh, he's he's obviously been been their guy. 63 what, innings his, on the you mound. You keep saying these numbers. What's his FIP? That's a made-up stat, if you're wondering. No, so it's real. I, <laughs> it's, I, it's real. not though. It's not. Don't get don't get brought into that. My That's brother, hilarious. My you brother that and up. Matthew and others say when they're when we do our draft for fantasy baseball that they look at guys' FIP over anything else. That's such a joke. <laughs> I I don't even. You can get me on a huge rampage tonight on why that has got to be the dumbest. It's one of the dumbest stats in all of baseball. Wow. Like I I don't know, and that's why people. That's why people are so high on Pablo and think he could be like a top five pitcher or whatever. It's like it's made up. It's a made up thing. Why? why I, 
is, is that's that's ridiculous. Is fit for RBI worse? Because some of the baseball peers say runs batted in are inflated and they don't mean anything anymore. And I'm like, last time I checked, you need to do that to win. And last time I checked, yeah, when I, Joe Mauer drove in over a hundred for the first time in his life, he was in the MVP boating. And every other ensuing year when he only drove in 64 and he was just lifting the ball to left for two out meaningless singles with nobody on, it didn't matter. So I'd rather have a guy hit dinners, strike out more often, but pull the ball than a guy who hits 50 batting points higher but doesn't hit anything out of the ballpark or into the gap. So I'll, I'll get off my rant. But Let's just say this. To answer your question, his FIP is better than his ERA, <laughs> which is 3.14. So we know wait, that wait, wait. Are you talking about the lacrosse guy now, or who are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. have his FIP listed? No, they don't. I'm just saying <laughs> oh, okay. we can, we can by deduction, <laughs> okay. know it's better than a 3.14 ERA. I was about to so, be super impressed. The lacrosse stats have yeah, FIP if they have the if they have the resources to do that, that, then they they need to look at how they're spending their money over there at that school. So he's probably more than likely going to be the guy. Like I said, they can hit some bombs. Uh, I don't know. This will be an interesting game. I think all things considered, though, it's a decent matchup. And I know they're going to go in there. They're not going to be intimidated. Uh, Coach Craig's been there so many times before. Uh, this is their third time in five years winning yeah. winning the title. So he, he's been there a lot recently. And I, I know he's got some experienced guys in that group. Yeah. They're going to believe they're just as good as anybody they're going to go up against. So I think that could be dangerous. Well, and I'm glad that you brought that up, Wyatt, because, you know, we – we're able to get a conversation with him on the broadcast at the end of the ball game yesterday and thankful for that. And, you know, he touched on that and I asked him, you know, you guys have been now, like you said, this is your third time in the past five years. And there's a good group of seniors on this team white who was there in 2019. And he said, we were kind of starstruck by the moment and everything and kind of overwhelmed by that before the game even started. He's like, I don't think that's going to be the case this time. Now it is a number of years later for sure, but that carries some weight. I mean, you look back, you were part of that group for Northwestern, the veteran leadership, and you had underclassmen stud, obviously, that help as well, like Aaron Severson and Bryce Crabb and Owen Borma, just off the top of my head for guys playing a huge role. But you got yourself and Simo and Carl and so many other guys who've been there for years and years. If you're going to win games in the NCAA tournament wide, I'll cut to the chase. Do you have to at least have a good chunk of seniors and veteran leadership of guys who are going to calm down things? Because otherwise, it's just too much to handle, right? And people may say we're overselling this, but... It definitely means something, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Now, it look, that's kind of a mindset more than anything, regardless of what age you are. Like, some people just have that and others don't. But it doesn't hurt when you're senior and have that either. And like sure. you said, it does, it does calm down everybody else. And honestly, for us in our run that year, I mean, it, it took one or two games into the tournament. We had such a weird regional that year, so we had six teams in our regional. It was the year, and again, I don't know why this is just another weird thing the NCAA decided to do that year for who knows why. They they put six teams in a region, had eight regions, and only 48 teams got in that year. So who knows what was behind that. But anyways, we had the one and the two seed because we were in the three four matchup. We ended up being the last game on that first day. The one and the two seed lost in front of us in in the first round, and I think more than anything that just made us realize, hey, anything can happen here. We just watched the first two games in front of us and watched those guys, and nothing against them, but we feel like we're just as good, if not better, than than those guys. And once you realize that, something clicks, and you just start playing your game, and you're good to go. So once Bethany 
gets the opportunity to realize that. Now, they won't because they're the first game. Yeah. They're going to have to figure it out like right away. They can't settle into this game. They don't get a chance to watch a game, anything like that, so they have that disadvantage. But if they can get that into their head initially right away, I think they're going to be just fine. You just have to understand it really isn't that much of a difference at, at this level, and they're right there. So... Yeah, it helps to have that senior leadership to to kind of pass that message along and kind of lead the charge, if you will. And Bethany certainly has a lot of that. So there is something to be said about that. And a lot of guys, like you said, Ryan, and I'm glad Coach Craig brought that up, that maybe didn't feel that way the first time around. But now this time, they're going to be ready for that. And this is what they've wanted to get back to. So uh, it'll make things very compelling on that side of things for sure. Yeah, so you got Bethany versus the Cross, and then you got the friends down the road, if you will, as we like to call them, Bethel University, versus Buena Vista in the following game. And, you know, people will say, oh, you're just doing this because they're down the road and you guys have opinions about them. But Bethel's not one of the most impressive Mayak champions we've seen over the last five, ten years wide. I mean, they are they had a great season, I get it, but we kind of look through some of their results as well this year, and, you know, maybe myself more so than you, but I'm like, well... This team wasn't so great, and they were right there with Bethel, and maybe they lost by a run or whatnot. But I, I don't know. I'm not acting like they're a walkover or anything. But it goes to the point of what we said. I think all things considered, you couldn't ask for a better draw for your Bethany. Now, is this going to be a walk in, and they're going to be expected to win at least two games and maybe win the whole regional? No, that's not true. But it is double elimination, and we can't stress enough, Wyatt. We talked about it last year with Crown. We'll say it again now with Bethany. In my opinion, at least, I shouldn't speak for you, but just be in the game after five innings. If if, if I'm going to play this hypothetical again with you, Wyatt, because I know you absolutely love when I do this, okay? Oh, yeah. If we have Bethany, let's say, down four to one after five, and Lacrosse's starter is close to done, like he's not just absolutely dicing him up like there's some longer counts and whatnot, and you go to the sixth, and he's got maybe one or two more innings. Do you take that? I know the objective is to win the game, but the longer you hang in with the team who's hosting this event, they're the kings of the WIAC. They're supposed to run over and just step over lowly UMAC opponents. Like, I always want to ask these WIAC teams, Wyatt, and like when your brother was playing at Northwestern, like if you were to ask the UW Whitewater guys and Tyler Scott and all those other guys on the floor that night, What's your opinion of the UMAC? Like, what kind of look they would give you? Like, if you have, like, three heads or, like, they, they don't think anything whatsoever of the UMAC, I'd like to ask that to, like, a lacrosse. Their players. Yeah. Because their coaches aren't going to tell you anything, but their players, like, okay, what do you think of the UMAC? Go. Quick fire. Because, hey, I'm not going to use the exact language that uh, the D3 baseball guys said, but they, they mentioned this when they were recapping your guys' regional from a few years ago, and they say, honestly, every year we look up UMAC champion at whatever, throw them away, and they use some some different language than that. But they're basically like, we don't consider them to be anything whatsoever. I think in some ways that could work in Bethany's advantage. And now I don't know if lacrosse is going to do that exactly in this ballgame, but back to my question, Wyatt, is that ridiculous to say they're within three runs after five? Do you take that if you're Bethany? Yeah, I, I mean, again, the goal is to win the game. But like you said, you want to hang around as long as possible. So, I mean, depending on how it got to that point, if you're not hurting yourselves like yeah. with errors or mistakes and you're within three, then absolutely. I think you would take it and you give yourself an opportunity to maybe steal the game late, let's just say. So yep. the longer you keep it close, the more pressure it goes on the higher seed. 
and the better chance you have to create some madness. So absolutely. Are we going to predict? Is it is it that time for what is going to happen this weekend? Or do you um, want to lay out something before then? Or we just don't make a prediction because you don't like predictions. I, I, it's not that I don't like predictions. <laughs> I don't like do score scores. predictions. We, you don't have to I don't do like score if you don't want it. You don't have to be specific. Um, I guess we can predict it. I for, first things first. Have you found out is this is this a turf facility or is this? A, have I found? Have I found? You out? had Why all these you? good stats. Why I'm haven't at, you? Found I'm looking at Copeland out. Park right now. This does not look like turf. Copeland Park is also home. How about this, Wyatt? Back to back weekends for the Vikings. They're playing at a Northwoods League ballpark. This is also the home of the Lacrosse. Get this loggers. A member of the Northwoods League, as you know, you're a big Northwoods League fan. That's, in the summer, that's a no, so that's a different one. Loggers. Yeah. So it um, opened back in uh, 2003, so it hasn't been around for that long. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reading, reading, reading. This looks like a. Oh, it includes an artificial turf playing surface on the infield, in foul territory, and on the warning track. So it doesn't say outfield. So that means it's a turf infield, but the outfield is grass. Have you ever seen that before, Wyatt? Uh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, there's That's there's bizarre. a few fields that do it that way. I think it's ridiculous too. Why not just keep it yeah. all the same? But you could pay for like turf only for this section. Like, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's a Northwoods I, League park. It it should be turf all around if they wanted it to be. Oh yeah, it's not a money thing. I don't think. I don't think it's a it's a money issue as to why they did it. Some people just like it that way. I don't know. So anyway, I only got one picture here, but it it looks you know it's got to be a pretty decent spot if it's a Northwoods park. So. Yeah, uh, say with that what you may, and I, I cut you off there. I don't know if you're about to make a, a prediction for what Bethany will do this weekend. Um, Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of makes me think of the UMAC tournament we just had where you got four teams. I, I think all four could possibly win the region. I really do. I'd maybe be a little surprised if Bethany is the one that comes out of it. It's hard to pick against the host team that's the number one seed. I know I said it was a great but. matchup and all that. There, I don't think there's a but <laughs> this time, Ryan. I, I think I'm going to take lacrosse. Uh. Close game. Here's the deal. When we did this during basketball season, you straight up said Bethany should win the game against whoever it was. And I said, let's pump the brakes hey. on this a little bit. Hey, and if anyone's listening associated with that program, I stand by that. I don't feel like you guys played your best. You had too slow of a start, and you could never come back from it. Now, is that a part of it? Yes, but I I still think they didn't play even their B plus A minus game. I thought they were a B at best, and they didn't really get going until later first half into the second half. So not to rehash that whole thing, but yeah, this is different. Why this isn't a one off single limb? It is double limb, so that helps. But obviously, you would like to get the first game if you can. Yeah, absolutely. It's tough to not um, when 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 you think about it. If you don't, and then to come all the way back around, so. I think I, I'm not going to give you a score prediction. It'll be a close game. I, I do think lacrosse wins it, though. And, you know, hopefully Bethany can get a game out of the region when it's all said and done. But I, I don't see them winning this region, and I don't see them being lacrosse. I'm hopeful. I uh, hope they prove me wrong and they can send us some hate mail because that'd be the greatest thing in the world if they make a super regional and then and they can even take mail. it. As, like, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I would love that because that means a UMAC team is going where, a long where can, ways. Where I just, can they send the hate mail? UAOTheUMAC.gmail.com. <laughs> also, you know, I was I was going to say, I'm going to put my personal email out there. I just refrained and said, that's maybe not the greatest <laughs> idea, so I'm not going to do that. But um, I, I, I'll take lacrosse. Hopefully, Bethany gets it done, though. I'm cheering for you. It's kind of like, 
back when Duke played North Carolina in the Final Four, Coach K's oh. last year, and you had told me, come on, they can do it. And I said, no, Duke's winning. Come on. I was still cheering for North Carolina in that game, and I was ecstatic when they won. But I thought Duke was going to win the whole time. That's kind of what I have going on here. Really? So Bethany has as good a chance as beating lacrosse as Carolina did against Coach K's class. I like those odds. So who I, who's the Caleb I, I, Love I, on Bethany Lutheran? <laughs> who's the Caleb Love who could make the big shot this down is, the stretch? quite a comparison i mean a guy like liam peterson sticks oh okay i I don't know the soccer star i like it you're a soccer guy there we go baseball star he's a baseball player that plays soccer ryan that's how we're gonna refer to him him, it may be the reverse no no no, i'm I'm making the decision for him so there you go that's fair so are you gonna tell me are they gonna win then the alim game against the loser of bethel versus buena vista i said i hope they can get one uh will they I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I hope so. So you're not going to go on the record and say they're going to win a game. Look, this is a UMAC <laughs> podcast. I'm not as much of a UMAC homer as you is in that extent. I still call it how I see it. Like, I guarantee you're going to tell me they're going to win at least one game this, this weekend. And you're probably going to come on and say they should win the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not, come on, I'm not that ridiculous. Even if I said they're going to win the whole thing, I would never say they should like, All right, I, fair enough. I feel like I have more of a grasp on basketball, especially. Look, Wyatt, here's the deal. I was able to see them in person earlier this year at Northwestern where I was, you know, feel, felt like a thousand feet away on that day when it was raining sideways and it was just awful outside. But anyway, so that's kind of in person. This was really the, like, only close-up experience of seeing them and getting them to see them for multiple games, obviously, that helped. But I don't want to pretend to know nearly as much about them as maybe some basketball teams I feel like I've had a better grasp on in the past. So you're not picking them to win any games, which is unfortunate. And not just because we're a UMAC pod, but it, it's just sad to hear. So if I told you how many games they're going to win this weekend without telling you how exactly it's going to go down, is that a cop-out? Do I have to tell you exactly how it's going to happen? Well, I thought we were predicting okay. the first okay, game. That's fair. So here's the deal. Okay, I'm excited. They're down by three after five. They pull within one in the eighth inning. Wow, this and then is they lose depth. by two. Wow, in the first game. I'm gonna say they lose six to four. All right, but it's a really, really close game. They win the second game, and you know what? I'm gonna straight up say it. I hope it's Bethel, because then what can you and I say? UMAC over Mayak. Mayak. Yes, and we can hold that forever. And no one from the Mayak can say, well, it wasn't really that much of a meaningful game. We didn't play all no, our it guys. Was. We didn't care about it. No, it would be an elimination game to end your season in the NCAA tournament. So so there can be no backing out and saying it wasn't a legitimate result. Nothing against Buena Vista University. You know, in fact, I, I hope they beat Bethel for that reason if Bethany loses. Now, if Bethany wins, I sure hope it's Bethany versus Bethel to be in the catbird seat. No matter what, Wyatt, if we get Bethany versus Bethel, Everybody wins in the UMAC at least because because we get a matchup with the Mayak team. That's what we want. Well, we we win until they don't win the game, and then but then there's it's the not opportunity. Really win, but you can't win. You can't win in that situation without getting the opportunity. So I want that opportunity. I'm saying the Beavers are being slept on wide. Beavers aren't getting a lot of love and a lot of credit from beautiful Buena Vista, Iowa. Okay, they are going to win the game against Bethel, and then Bethany is going to beat Bethel. And then they will see, would they face then the loser of lacrosse versus Buena Vista, correct? At that point, yeah. So then they could see the Beavers or they could see lacrosse again. I'm going to say they win one game, but they are going to lose by no more than three runs in their two losses. 
These are going to be wow. tight ball games. They're going to be must it's watch. Kind of sad. Why is it sad? Like if they're it's that heart- heartbreaking, you wish yeah, they would just, just lose think, by eight runs. Just so. to think how close. <laughs> no, I don't wish. I'm just saying from their point of view, they're oh, going to okay. have to think about how close they were to actually, sure. you know. But that's how it goes. That's how it goes down a lot of times. And it does. You know, then they would it does. carry the banner well. All right. So here's here's message to Bethany supporters, players, coaches who are listening to this. Carry the banner with pride. All right. First and foremost for your school. I, I'm. You know, I totally agree with that. But then you're carrying the UMAC banner as well, all right? So carry it with pride, represent well. And hey, in the not-too-distant past, and one of these guys who you've heard talk a lot tonight, the guy who's more intelligent and has great thoughts about FIP, he was on the field for a team that won. How many of you guys win? You beat Misericordia twice. You beat St. You Mary's. were there. I mean, you should, well, I'm you to should count remember. It, I'm just trying to count it up in my head. You guys won three games, correct? We won three games, Correct. And unfortunately, you lost two, and that means that in the double elimination, you're eliminated. You didn't win it. Yeah, but I mean, if it was triple elimination, <laughs> I think we could we could have got them, but they they only but let us the, play. But the game would have been played on Wednesday, so you know maybe maybe if we could have been put in one of those regions of just two teams, we could have we could have made the yeah. you know World yeah. Series. But whatever, I just was you looking at the so bracket. Lucky. That's yep. that's the dumbest. It's still the dumbest <laughs> thing. I look at the bracket, and they're like kind of off on their own. It's just so stupid. But anyways. Anyway, yeah, so I think they get one win, and uh, their weekend ends, but three games in, and they can hold their heads high, and I'm looking forward to watching these, White. Do you have a way on Friday at 11 a.m. while you're doing your other job going down the stretch? I mean, here's the joke. What are they going to do, fire you? Come on. Yeah, I I mean, mean, they can't because I'm leaving (laughs) soon, so they can't. Well, they could, but, I mean, at that point, it's like what, what, It'd be more of a bother to them to do that. It would actually be worse on on their part. So, anyway, what I was saying is can you have this at least up in the background in a studio or something? 11 a.m. Trust me, you know, I, I, you know, it's (laughs) 11 a.m. is a busy time. I, okay. There's not a lot of busy times in my game, day. At one thirty, when the game's in the eighth inning and it's nail biting time. Yeah, from like twelve o'clock to like two on my radio shift that I do on the air. That's that's not a busy time. That's where I'm just literally sitting back playing music at that point and throwing in a score update here and there and say, hey, and for you who are following and want to know, you in the cross baseball. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I'll I'll make sure to get on top of that, and uh, people will be covered. So there you go. Put the golf PGA Championship at Oak Hill on one TV. Put this on the other. What a viewing option later this week. It's perfect. You're D3 a big baseball you're, tournament. You're you're a big multiple screens guy. Well, you got you got to do it. I mean, for for moments like this, it's it's the best thing. I mean, I th- I think it's TVs are so cheap now too. Why no one can tell? Like they're you know we're not going to have this side conversation, but TVs have never been cheaper. So so make it happen, and uh, it's it's worth it in spots like that. So no, looking forward to a really really fun weekend. Why we think they got a great draw, and yeah, busy time in the UMAC. Your quick two cents on the new coach at Northwestern. They made on a the scale right of, on a scale of one to ten. How do you rate the hire? I'm gonna put you in a tough spot. I mean, they made the right hire. I think it's oh, a ten. You're not gonna give me a number. I mean, oh, ten. You you said I don't 10. give out. I don't give out tens. Remember? This so is what's a 10. the number? It, this is a ten. Wow, wow. It is. Did you hear I, that, Jaika? Did you I hear that, Jaika? You are a ten. Probably according to Wyatt Morrell. Hey, he someone who knows him talk. is listening. Someone who knows him is listening. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we talk. I mean, so pretty regularly. Along. So. 
I, I've, I've said for a while now that he should be the one that gets the job. And, and Jesse Eichem is the right hire for that position. I think he'll do great things in Northwestern. And, you know, I, look, I mean, it would have been great if Coach Heap could stay forever. But obviously, at some point, he, he, he's got to go. I, I mean, everybody has to retire at some point and move on. And, I mean, it, it's just remarkable to think he'd been there for almost three decades. So, as, as the head coach, I should say. But, yeah, I mean, I think they made the right hire. This is the guy for the job. Everybody backs it. The players are excited about it, it sounds like. So, excited to see where Northwestern baseball goes. And those are kind of my two cents on that. It's a 10. Good. I, I appreciate the two cents. We need more two cents in life. So, yeah, it, it's a busy time in the UMAC. You know, he's joining, and rumor is, I mean, they're going to lock up Coach Oaks, and they're going to give him a pay raise just to keep him around with what you were talking about earlier. So there's there's a lot of movement and maybe some new guys into new roles by the time we get to next year. So, yeah, yeah, this is a, an the, interesting time in the UMAC, Wyatt. The the Coach Oaks thing isn't going to be like a PJ Fleck thing where they just keep like signing them for <laughs> one year and then the next year they sign him for another year. Oh, uh, you just you just can't let us finish without ripping PJ. You just every, every other well, episode it's in your contract. Speaking of contracts, to say something mean about PJ Fleck, so and I yeah, do my I, job I, well. I, I'm not out here knocking Kirby Smart. All right, so I, hey. I could say things about Mark Few that I haven't. So. Yeah, well, everybody <laughs> makes the same joke about the one thing, and it's like, okay, that's that's great and whatever. But We're, come we on. all I mean, fall come short. up with some we all make come mistakes. up come yeah. up with some new material for crying out loud. Yep, no, I is what you. it is. Whatever. Yeah, it's a great time of year, folks. Uh, soak it in, as Wyatt mentioned earlier, uaotheumac at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you on literally anything. We're going to be talking as long as Bethany's still playing Wyatt. Here's the reality: if they win this regional. And they point at you and they say, you doubted us and you doubted us and you and you and you in your face. We will eat that crow happily. And then we're going to keep talking about them, White, correct? Or am I speaking out of turn? If Bethany wins this regional, we're going to continue this pod for another week and talking about their matchup in the super regionals where it will be just two teams. And they will just be that close to making that trip of a lifetime to the one the only cedar rapids iowa yes okay good good we have i, I don't yeah i don't know i mean continue with that well one yeah i don't I, I don't know what else you want me to say other than yes we will absolutely continue to talk about them i mean that would not be very, very good it'd be a bad look for us if if we didn't so we will absolutely uh, celebrate any umac team that goes and makes a deep run in a ncaa tournament so I dropped the email. You can uh, reach out to us on Twitter as well. Give us a follow if you have not yet, at UAO, the UMAC, or at unlike any other. Well, you can search unlike any other, the UMAC, I should say. DMs are open, as always. You can slide into those. Final question for you, Wyatt. Yeah. The question that everyone's asking, did Aiden Russell do with the baseball what Anthony Rizzo did oh. <laughs> out in Cleveland on well, that November night in 2016. Where is the ball? That's what so everyone wants to know. That's, that is what everybody wants to know because, like you had said, on the live stream, you can't really tell for sure what he does. And at that point, the next time you see him, I mean, who knows where the ball is. So if anybody knows, like close to the program that's listening, can you let us know? I'm curious where the ball ended up because that's a big deal. And you you regret it to this day. Yeah, you I, you well, lose sleep yeah, over it yeah, to this day. Yeah. Well, no, it's just funny because I don't know if I thought it would never actually happen that way. So I had always told you, I'm like, I, I you put the ball in the in your pocket, you make the final yep. out, 
put the ball in your pocket. It's easier for like the first baseman, let's say, because he's <laughs> expecting a ground ball. I was at second base. How the heck am I going to be the one that ends up with the ball? Remember how hard that liner was? I mean, that was a screamer at your face. I don't don't recall that. It It was was like I I was kind of like coming in on it. Like, should I catch this in the air? Should I let it bounce? I didn't really know what to do. And then I caught it. And next thing I know, I think I just chucked it in the air. And I never saw that (laughs) ball again. But uh, I, I will say, I'd be curious to know what he did with the ball. So if anybody knows... UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. I, I, I think the best way to do it is to just put it in your pocket, keep it for safekeeping. Hey, here's the deal. Once the game's over, that ball is free free game at that point. So if you can be the one that ends up with it, I mean, why not, right? Yeah. Best yeah. way to secure it is to stick that thing in your pocket and you make sure you hang on to that thing and it's yours. And, and that's absolutely something you would cherish the rest of your life. So, yeah, I, I'd be curious to know what he did with it. That's for sure. Yeah, hopefully they can uh, have a moment like that again, Wyatt, later on in this tournament. And, uh, mm. you know, ben, ben Hopper getting the ball to finish a game where they're all going to throw their gloves in the air and go delirious. I, I appreciated that. To be honest, I was rooting for it to be a third time that inning a ground ball to short. So I was I was very appreciative of that. Not that a line out to second is bad, but just, you know, everything that was sitting there, his name and the whole thing. I appreciated a ground ball to short. So... Hopefully they can have a moment like that uh, later on this week. If you don't have any final thoughts, Wyatt, we can uh, wrap this thing up. I I guess the last thing I'll just quickly say, if Bethany does win this thing, they go to the Super Regional. Oh, okay, just this weekend. Well, if they win the whole thing, I mean... We we will have to come up with something. They they really have to go downtown to Nicollet and have a parade and shut down part of Minneapolis. I mean yeah. they they got. I mean something. seriously, that would be. I mean that'd be like national news if Bethany <laughs> ends up going and winning this thing. But what I was gonna say, if they win their like little pod, their region to get to the super regionals, since I've doubted them and you have made sure people know that about me and they're going to call me out and point at me. If that happens and people are upset, I'll give out my personal email on this pod and people can send me. I might even give out my phone number and I'll let people, you know, that's that's where I'm at. If they, I said maybe, so maybe I'm not locked into anything on that. We'll see how I'm feeling, but for sure the email and we'll go from there if if they win this thing. So people will have their opportunity to roast me Right, hate mail. If some of it's a little over the line, you're not going to get a response. So just just a heads up on that. Let's keep it civil. But we'll see what happens if we get to that point. How about that, folks? As if there wasn't already enough reason to watch beginning on Friday and throughout this weekend what's taking place out in the cross across the border. There's another reason to root for Bethany. We've given you a bunch of them for this weekend, but the whole UMAC is pulling for them. We like their odds. We'll wait and see what happens. But uh, at the very least, at least in my opinion, it will be compelling baseball down to the wire in these ball games. So sit back and relax. Get as much work done as you can throughout this week before we hit the end of the week so you can settle in without distractions for uh, later on this week. And we're looking forward to it. What a year in Mankato, Wyatt. Making memories in Mankato. I mean, what a season for Viking athletics. I mean, soccer falls just a step shy, but basketball wins the tournament at home on campus bethany baseball does the same thing on their field and uh hoping they can keep on uh moving on and dancing in the ncaa tournament they will be doing that later on this week so we're pulling for them and best of luck to the vikings i will stop rambling along because this is not entertaining to anyone so 
feel free to reach out to us, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, we'll be back to recap it all on Unlike Any Other, the UMAC.